Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Redeemed Through His Blood. This is Scott Durfee, joined, as always, by David Durfee. What's up, Dave? Good to see you, Scott. Good to be here and talk about these things. Uh, we kind of, uh, last week, talked about faith in Christ and the difference between faith in Christ and faith in the name of Christ. Yeah. Which I think is significant, and it's it's always kind of hard for me to to teach and to help others understand what that all means and why it's so important, or at least so important to me. But I think there's great power in it, and I remember teaching it to our students at the institute, and some of them just you could tell, you know, looking into their eyes, and several of them would stay after and and be so grateful for understanding the difference between faith in Christ versus faith in the name of Christ, how one saves us and one exalts us. And I, I, I hope that um, we didn't try... It's, it's simple in my mind, but I hope it didn't sound too complicated in our previous podcast. And today I would like to, if it's okay, Scott, uh, to begin to talk about maybe in a little more detail we we touched on it last week talking about sacrifice the role of sacrifice and and briefly the how the laws of sacrifice and obedience are so critical to obtaining the faith of power but i'd like to talk about other things today about how we can maybe obtain faith i think that's a good place for us to uh take off from here i i know that you know we've had some good responses from some of our listeners uh and continue to send those responses to us. You can do that at us at gmail.com. But a couple of really kind of tender experiences that were actually asked not that we share them, um, but a couple of tender experiences around that, uh, this very topic and faith and how that faith and you know, just faith in the general can help us come closer to God and maybe even bring, and as we come closer to God, give us the confidence, the spiritual confidence that uh, maybe we may be lacking. Uh, but then as we move into faith in Jesus himself, how that even expands because that faith comes through a knowing him, a getting to know him, and then following him, and then a deeper desire to be like him. And we talked a lot about, uh, Dave, also, you know, that getting to know him, you know, having faith in him is so important, but a really important component of that is getting to know him and then as you said, moving into having faith in the name of Christ and how those covenants, uh, that covenantal relationship that we enter into, they really kind of bolsters us in our spiritual lives and our spiritual being. And, you know, we made reference to one of uh, President Nelson's great talks. I think we'll be uh, making deeper reference of that today about faith in moving mountains and and all of that. So I'm excited to continue where we're uh, where we're going today. So let's uh, let's take it from here. Okay. Well, uh, Scott, I also hope people feel a need to increase their faith. I, I don't quite know how to teach that or help give that to others through a podcast, but I, I'm sure hoping that people feel a need to connect with their Heavenly Father and to grow their faith. All yeah. of us, yeah. we're all at different levels. Again, you can only speak of faith if you you think of it as uh, levels because none of us either have it or we don't. It's We all have some degree of it. 
it just depends on what degree of it you have. Yeah. And uh, I hope that all of us, myself included, uh, who may need it more than anybody, that we really try hard to to put together a plan that we don't just think about this or feel somewhat motivated by this, but that we actually we actually give us some thought and maybe write down some things and uh, put together a plan to grow our faith, to increase our faith. You know, I uh, I love that story in the New Testament uh, that. That brother who prays, you know, in Mark nine, what is what? The, how does that go, Scott? In Mark nine, um, when he says, uh, "Increase my faith." Or, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's actually uh, isn't the father help, help me to believe? Yeah, and he, he, he help he, me to believe. He says, uh, you know, I know that you could heal. It's my son. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And uh, and he says, Jesus says to him, um, "All things are possible to those who believe." And he says. Oh, help, help, help thou my unbelief. Yeah, uh, help el- thou my unbelief. Uh, uh, Elder, Elder Holland gave just a wonderful, nine. wonderful talk on that. I don't remember exactly when, but, uh, boy, I, I leaned on those uh, words. That, that, that talk was given at a time in my life when I really needed to, you know, oh, strengthen thou my unbelief was in yeah. almost every one of my prayers at that yeah. time. Yeah, do you have it marked? Can you see it? Um, the, the, the point is, here's the point. The point is, it's not something we just can, even with a plan, which I think is critical, but even with that and all of our work, it is not something that we obtain or earn on our own. Faith, I repeat, is ultimately a gift of God. It is a gift of the Spirit. And you have to think of it that way, and therefore, we need to pray for faith Pray with real intent, with faith, to obtain great faith, the faith of power. Do you have it there? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where to start, so I think I'll just start. This is we're going to start in. Uh, let's start in nine, Mark nine. We're going to start in twenty. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming, talking of the sun. Yeah. And he asked his father, um, how long how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And so apparently this uh, young man had been suffering this for since he was a baby, almost it sounds like. And often, oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Uh, there's the plea of a father. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times have I have mm-hmm. I said that in behalf of my own children? Um, you know, as recently as this week, honestly. And there, there is just a a indication, brief. I'm not judging the man, but there's a brief indication there that he lacks a little faith because he says, uh, "How does he say it?" Well, if, if you can't do anything, yeah. Well, okay, so I would never say that personally. Yeah. Because I know he could do something if it was his will well, that yeah, he would do something. But he says, if he can't do anything, at least show us some compassion. So it, it gives us some indication, you know, where this man stands. And then Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. 
Hmm. And straightway, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, (laughs) with tears, I think that's important that that, that's noted there. He has a need. Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Mm. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together and, and he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. Mm. Um, but then it goes on and, uh, you know, obviously he's healed. But the, the point here is, is uh, you know, the Lord, I believe Help thou my unbelief. Yeah. Uh, I I hope that we can all offer that prayer. To whatever degree we lack belief or we lack faith, that we'll offer that prayer for God to help us to increase our faith, wherever we are. I don't know, Scott. Some people I think do not. Are they really don't think enough, ponder or meditate on it enough, that faith is ultimately the power in our lives that brings all good things into our lives from God. There is no, we're going to talk about repentance in our next podcast. There is no power in repentance. There is no power in repentance. The power to repent in, in the, in the name of Jesus Christ and through his uh, redeeming blood is through our faith in Jesus Christ. Faith is the power to be forgiven. Faith is the power to even repent. Faith is the power. Faith is the power of godliness. It is a principle of action, and it is a principle of power. Faith is power. And I I just hope that our listeners and you and me and our families can can, uh, see the need that we have for faith. I remember President Hinckley, this was always in my PowerPoint when I taught this this uh, segment on faith the greatest need in the world today is faith and it's amazing how how so many in all religions in all countries are losing faith because of the overload of information and confusion and contention and the the weary world that we live in are losing their faith and it's the greatest need that we have. And uh, it's the greatest need in my life. It's the greatest need in your life and our families and our country and the world and the church. So anyway, this is a universal problem, not yeah. just uh, you and me or even church or country problem. No. It's universal. Yeah, and it, and it expands into so many other areas, too. I, I, uh, this reminds me of, you know, this prayer, Sprank, uh, help thou my unbelief you know i've i had i've had a couple of uh, really kind of poignant conversations with uh, a couple of uh, people who were suffering from addiction in the throes of the very throes of addiction not even in recovery but they are in deep addiction who think that maybe re- through recovery there could be some hope which is obviously uh, you know uh, uh, another um, act of faith uh, but but Oftentimes, David, and this has been the case with at least one of these people this week, um, they want to be willing, but they're not willing, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of the same prayer, you know, help thou my willingness even. And, and you know, maybe for some of us, that's uh, where we even start because... Yeah. Be, just, well, desire. 
because you can only desire because you know and and you made the point you know we we get so there's so many things the enemy's really done his work in creating confusion and distraction and and everything around us and diversion and this and and divisiveness and and all of this around us that's uh, so much takes us away from the true spirit and you know, when it, sometimes we just even have to pray for the willingness, and then that will ch- mm-hmm. turn into the hope, and then into the faith, and then all of this builds as as we've already talked about. You know, and here now we're uh, continuing to talk about faith in the name of Christ. But uh, you know, all of that kind of has a impetus and a beginning. Yeah, absolutely, and probably begins with the acknowledgement of need, or, in other words, the desire to believe, and our own inadequacy, and our yeah, absolutely. Our Where de- we lack. Redeemer. Yeah. Well, uh, so let's talk a little bit more about and and try to help uh, each other and and listeners. How can we obtain this faith? What can I do to increase my faith to strengthen our unbelief? Uh, I always think of uh, Elder Nelson's talk, which we've referenced, and I think you even shared a link. Two podcasts ago, it'll be in the link. We could probably do it again in this one too, but it was in the two podcasts ago, I think 19 or 20, it was in the show notes. Well, it's an amazing talk by President Nelson given in April of 2021. 2021, yeah. 2021. It was on Easter Sunday. Yeah. And he. it's entitled Christ is Risen. Faith in him will move mountains. And uh, he references that scripture that faith of a mustard seed can move mountains. But he gives us five points, five suggestions. May I offer five suggestions? Hey, before you do that, can I just read one paragraph yeah, that can kind of lead into that? So this in this paragraph that's coming, you know, just before what Dave's going to get into under these five suggestions, is th- I think this is important. This is from a prophet. Faith in Jesus Christ is the foundation of all belief and the conduit of divine power. According to the Apostle Paul, without faith it is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11. Exactly. And we Hebrews reference 11. that. So what does he say? Uh, faith is the conduit? The conduit of divine power power there you go. the foundation of all belief That's... we can't have belief according to this without a particle of faith right and yeah. then with that comes so if we want the conduit if we want to fill that divine power the steps that you're about to go into from this talk uh, really kind of follow along with what he just said there yeah absolutely and maybe even before i give these five scott let me um preface it with this idea you know, we, we all quote the scripture in James, James, that faith without works is dead. And we've always thought that that meant that if I'm not keeping the commandments, if I'm not striving to be perfect or like Jesus, then I can't have faith. Well, I kind of think it has that meaning, but it, it also, in addition to that, it means that without work, there is no faith. Faith takes work. I mean, it takes great effort to obtain great faith. If, you, if you're not willing to work to strengthen your faith, you will not receive the gift. It takes great work. In fact, in this, in this very talk, 
and there were some who were really offended by this. I read some of the social media and Facebook stuff, and I've even had a few people Stoops. talk to me. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. about yeah. about uh, President Nelson calling calling certain people out. You know, which is what prophets prophets should do. But he says, uh, the answer to all of our challenges is to increase our faith. That takes work. It takes work to increase faith. And then he says, this is the part that people got offended. Lazy learners. Yeah, that's right. And lax disciples. That's right. Will always struggle to muster even a particle of faith. I love that. Lazy learners and lax disciples. We've all been there. We, we're all lazy learners at times, and we're all lax disciples at times. And that's a constant battle for me. I know that. I know that's something that I have to continually work with. It takes great effort. It does. And it takes, it takes plan and discipline. I'm telling you. Yeah. So, so before we give these five points, let's just right off the bat say, man, it takes great work. To obtain great faith, to yeah. receive the gift of faith. Yeah, but but let me but let me throw this at you too. It takes great work not to. If you think that not having faith is a, just an easy way to go, and if you think that if I don't work towards having faith and having that conduit open, try living your life that way. I see the misery, and I've lived it my, my in my own life. We all have to some degree. It takes as much work to not have faith because of all of the things that come to us. You know, at least when we're putting forth work to have faith, we feel like there's solution. Let me let me rephrase that. We know there's solution because we know and we feel Heavenly Father's uh, power at work in our life through the atonement of Jesus Christ. There's work in not having faith because all of our life goes to hell in a handbasket, and then what do we do? That takes a lot of work, too. Well, the the antidote of faith, right, is worry and fear and despair. Yeah. So that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, the antithesis. The, 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 not the anecdote. The you, antithesis You can make a choice. Things. That's right. You, you can have exercise great faith in... God and faith in Jesus Christ and obtain a perfect brightness of hope in Jesus Christ, or you can be filled with despair and yep. wonder and worry. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's a uh, choice. That. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's the five, he says, may I offer five suggestions to help you develop that faith and trust. Yeah. First, study. He spends a long time on this one, Scott. He just says you've got to be an engaged learner. It takes great work to immerse yourself in the scriptures and to better understand Christ's mission, his ministry, his atonement, his attributes. I'm paraphrasing his attributes. But once you once you pay that price and you come to know and you you begin to obtain knowledge through your study, your faith will grow and it will become a faith of great power. I like here where he says he took in the, it's in the same uh, paragraph. He took upon himself your misery, your mistakes, your weakness, and your sins. He paid the compensatory price and provided the power for you to move every mountain you will ever face. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's kind of where I, one of the places where I use the term compensatory power. Yeah, right. The atonement of Jesus Christ gives us compensatory power. So anyway, you, we have to study. We have to learn more. We have to accept the invitation that he's given us to, to learn of me. 
and uh, that takes that takes effort and work and a plan. And I uh, hope that our even in small increments, Scott, even if we're imperfect at it, we need to try to do better, strengthening our faith through study. Well, second, he says you must choose to believe, and it is a choice. Yeah, faith is a choice. Belief is a choice. And so second, you have to choose to believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, th- that's something that as a, as a moral agent that I can choose or not choose. And not only that we believe in him, Scott, but I've always loved the idea that was uh, put into a book by Stephen Robinson. It- it's one thing to believe in him, it's another thing to believe him. And to believe him, Scott, you have to know what he said. What did Jesus say? You have to know his doctrine. That takes study. So, so believing in him and believe him, again, requires great study, great work to, to be able to... You can't choose to believe in Jesus if you don't know anything about Jesus. You can't even believe in Jesus if you haven't studied his words, know what he has said, what he's taught. So we have to believe in him, and we have to believe him. And we'll talk about how that that applies directly to being able to forgive ourselves. So many people can't forgive themselves because they don't believe Jesus. They don't believe in his mercy and his grace, and they don't believe him when he whispers that they're forgiven. Well, third is to act. That, of course, is the from the lectures on faith. That faith is action. It's it's action. It's principle of action. Principle of power. So we have to act. And he 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 asked some questions in in this. He asked this question: What would you do if you had more faith? Whenever a prophet asks a question, Scott, in any of the conference talks. That deserves some meditation. I know we read them, we listen to them, and then we gloss right over this. But when a prophet has, by the Spirit, when he has written, crafted, an inspired question from, and if it's, right, whether from my own voice or the voice of my servants, it is the same. If you take this as a question from God, it deserves an answer. What would you do if you had more faith? Yeah, I like I like too that he kind of gives you. Uh, when I'm asked these questions, sometimes I think, well, I know the answer to that, you know, and without even without even formulating yeah. in my mind where the, of course, I know the answer <laughs> to that. But he 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 extends an invitation around that, and then he says, "Think about Think it. Think about it. Write about it. Exactly. Then receive more faith by doing something that requires more faith. More faith." What can we do to exercise and strengthen our faith? We another thing I like something th- that requires more faith. Another thing I like to think is, and I pose this question to myself a lot because it was posed to me when I was first getting my life turned around again and stuff like that. But I and I pose this to people that I work with: is, well, how would your life be different if you had more faith? Yeah, similar question. Yeah, absolutely. And how can you make that happen? Right. Well, fourth, partake of sacred ordinances worthily. Yeah. We talked a lot about that we last did. week in regards to 
what it means to have faith in the name right. of Jesus Christ. Well, and we even took that to, uh, to uh, a, a, bit, uh, a bit further when we said that any time that we are invoking the name of Jesus Christ, even in the bearing of our testimonies, even in the participation of ordinances, whether we're receiving or, or administering the, those, the atonement is alive in our lives, and we're filling the administration yep. of, the, of that atonement through the Spirit when we do that. That's one of the ways, one of the most effective, powerful ways to access the atonement of Jesus Christ is to participate in his ordinances. And fifth, to, just simply, President Nelson says, quote, and fifth, ask your Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ for help. Well, there you go. Yeah. And the next, the next sentence is, the next paragraph begins in his talk, faith takes work. Receiving revelation takes work. So my question to you, Scott, is what's the connection between faith and revelation? How are faith and revelation connected? Well, without, without faith, there's, uh, there's not going to be much revelation. And without revelation? There's no faith. It's a gift of the Spirit. Yeah, it just has his faith. And, and, and that's and, how it grows, by but, receiving more revelation. But I like what he says after that. Receiving revelation takes work. And that you know, and that's true. But then he says, but everyone that receive, uh, asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Uh, of course, you know, quoting that uh, great scripture from Matthew 7, 8. But, um, and uh, that may be great knocking, and it may and it, be long. Yeah, knocking. seeking may be. It may be like arduous the, and difficult. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. It's not. It's simple, but it's not easy. I I, uh, I think in come follow me. We've we've uh, recently studied the parable again of the importuning. I, I prefer that name. The the importuning widow, who goes to the unjust judge and knocks and knocks and knocks and begs and begs and begs and finally the judge says okay i'll give it to you <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and and jesus makes the point that the great faith requires great endurance yeah really it, it it requires great effort and endurance yeah so uh i think those are five great uh, principles that we should all seek to implement into our plan to grow great faith study with great effort choose to believe in jesus christ third act in faith fourth partake of sacred ordinances and fifth ask your heavenly father in the name of jesus christ for help there's some other things, Scott, that I think I'd like to just uh, emphasize in obtaining great faith. And, you know, in lectures on faith, in the seventh lecture, it talks about how to obtain faith through mental exertion. We're not talking about um, uh, brainwashing. We're not talking about convincing yourself of things that are true that aren't true. We're talking about looking forward to things with an eye of faith and to be able to use what the scriptures, I love this term, it's one of my favorites in the Book of Mormon, and it's unique to the Book of Mormon. The term is a firm mind. 
that's that's what mental exertion is. You know, I, my stake president called me in. I love my stake president, who bless his heart, he's moving, and uh, we'll have a new one here in a in another month or so. But um, he called me in to his office about a month ago. You know, I'm a former his former counselor, and and uh, we've had lots of interviews as him being stake president, me being a patriarch, and. He said, Brother Durfee, you know, I've been listening to the brethren and I've been observing our, our, our young men, our youth, and uh, I'm just really troubled. Can you help me? Uh, what can we do to toughen up our boys? <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that a sweet? That's awesome. Isn't that a sweet question from a stake president? Yeah. What can we do to help our boys become tougher? What did he mean by that? Well, he he was just seeing so many of them who were, you know, so many young men going on missions, coming home because they couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't kind of. Uh, and and I, I'm not casting any judgment here, believe me. Uh, but just the culture that they are growing up in that... Uh, where so many, I mean, we had this discussion, so many play video games and so many are, are lost in, in doing things that don't really matter and uh, don't uh, have maybe the, the opportunity. It's not all their fault. Don't have the opportunity in our current culture to work on the farm, uh, to do chores every morning, get up every morning at 4 a.m. and milk a cow, or how can we toughen our boys? How can we just make them mentally mostly, and emotionally, and spiritually, and f even physically tougher. How can we toughen them up? I thought it was such a great question. So for, I don't know, half hour or more, we sat and talked about this. But the first thing that I thought of when he asked me the question was the stripling warriors. The first thing I thought of, I, my mind went to the Book of Mormon. You know, stripling means, literally, very young. I mean, these could have been deacons. The, these 2,060, uh, Helaman led into war, and not, not a soul was lost. Not one of them. Many were wounded, but not one was lost. They, they might have been 12 and 13-year-olds, 14 or 15 maybe at the oldest. And he leads them into battle. And the, the whole key to their uh, toughness and their faith is given to us in uh, Alma chapter 57, Scott. So uh, let's just turn there real quick into Alma 57. I think some of our listeners can anticipate what, I, what I'm going to read right now. But it's this amazing faith that they had, which is described in, in 19 through 21. And again, I think it applies to how in our current culture can we, can we strengthen? Maybe that's a better word than toughen. <laughs> but how can we strengthen our, our youth, our children, our grandchildren, the rising generation? Verse 19 in Alma 57, maybe I can read. But behold, my little band of 2060 fought most desperately. Yea, they were firm. They were tough, strong, before the Lamanites, and it administered death unto all those who opposed them. 
And as the remainder of our army were about to give way before the Lamanites, behold, those 2,060 were firm and undaunted. Love that. Two, two great words there. Firm and undaunted. Yea, and they did obey and observe to perform every word of command with exactness. And even, this is the part, Scott, and even according to their faith, it was done. And I did remember the words which they said unto me that their mothers had taught them. So these boys had been taught, they had studied, and they had such powerful faith that whatever they spoke, it was done. No wonder they didn't lose any souls. But but if you go across the column, Scott, to verse 26 and 27, and maybe you can read those for us. Yeah, you got it. And uh, starting in 26, and now their preservation was astonishing to our whole army. Yea, that they should be spared while... There was a thousand of our brethren who were slain, and we do justly ascribe it to the miraculous power of God because of their exceeding faith. Because. Because of their exceeding faith. I have that because circled in my verse. Because. Why did they have such miraculous power? Because of their exceeding, not just faith. Yeah, their power was dependent on their exceeding not just faith exceeding faith in that which they had been taught to believe that there was a just god and whosoever did not doubt that they should be preserved by his marvelous power now this was the faith of these whom i have spoken they are young and their minds are firm and they do put their trust in god continually isn't that powerful yeah so powerful <laughs> They, they have firm minds, Scott. They have firm minds. That, that is a unique phrase in the Book of Mormon. It appears later in Moroni chapter 7 about uh, angels appear to those whose minds are firm. Uh, I, I love that phrase in the Book of Mormon. I actually picked up on that phrase. It meant, it meant so much to me on my mission, and it has, it has all of my life since. What does it take, Scott, to have a firm mind? What What are we talking about, or lectures of faith talking about, that that faith comes to those who exercise mental exertion? How can we How can we do that? How can we strengthen our minds? How can we firm up our minds? You know, we're we're always talking about firming up our bodies. Yeah, right. People are always saying, "You got You got to firm up." I'm going to go firm up, and that takes work, and that takes great work. Right? To strengthen our muscles, our, our bodies, to look good, to whatever. And that also takes faith. And what does it take to firm up your mind? It takes work. And it takes, and it takes that kind of exertion that it would take to firm up our bodies, right? We know that based on science and based on outcomes that we've seen in others, and I think that can be applicable here, the outcomes that we've seen in others, we can take the examples around us of our family or of other prophets or, you know, even even out of the scriptures, we can take those examples. Right here is one in Alma 57, you know, of these stripling warriors. You know, we can take these 
to help us to firm up our minds. But it does. It, it, but it goes right you, back. You can if you're not willing to study them. And, and that's what I was just going to say. It goes right back to you know uh, President Nelson's talk here, and so much of the things that we've talked about in the past as well is we really have to come to know him. We have to walk where he walked. We have to be willing to go where he went. We have to you know come to me, feel the prints of the nails in my hands and my feet, and and look unto me in every and, thought. Every thought. That Scott, do you know what kind of mental exertion that takes? Yeah, I uh, I've experienced it to a degree. I mean, if you experiment with that, just experiment yeah, with it. I know. I invite all our listeners to experiment. Try to look unto Him in every thought. Try to connect every thought you have to Jesus Christ. That requires great mental exertion, and the 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 result or the wake of that is a firm mind and increased faith in Jesus Christ. So I I don't know it, it, a firm mind. I just always I've come to the conclusion, Scott. God loves a soft heart and a firm mind and a firm mind. I love and that. he hates a hard heart and, and a, a soft, soft mind. mind. Wow, that's pretty incredible. And I think I think too many of our minds because of information overload. Yeah. Really, because of information overload, how Satan has just just flooded uh, our culture with information, and most of it's not even true. And we have so many things flowing through our minds. We see so many things. We are looking at so many different things. Try to try to contrast this to two hundred years ago when a farmer is looking at the back end of his horse as he's plowing you know, a hundred acres of land trying to, I mean, what is he, what's he looking at? What does he see that day? What does he learn that day? What does he know that day? What information does he receive that day? Working in the fields for 12 hours a day. And what is our youth, what are they receiving? What are their minds receiving? And what are they looking at for 12 hours a day? And which of these lends itself to greater faith? And, and I'm not sure the answer to that question really, because it depends on what you choose to look at, and it just depends on what you choose to study and read. Which and, comes down to your discipleship, your dis- discipline. Yes, yeah, and what you choose. Right, exactly. And what you choose. But I, I just think it's really hard in our culture today, because of information overload and everything, not to have our minds go to mush. Yeah. Or be all over the place. I find be all my, over the place, not focused. I find myself getting trapped into that sometimes. You know, faith requires great focus. Yeah, and 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 planning. You know, if I'm if I if I have some an idea that I want to research on the internet, for example, you know, I'll hop on our good friend Google and I'll put in a, a, and before you know it, I'm down a rabbit hole that I never even intended to be because of the distractions Absolutely. that can come. Absolutely, I know it. it it's uh, it happens. You, you can so get so far easily. away. Yeah, you don't even know what the original. You forgot question what was. your original question was. That happens to me. <laughs> I know, and uh, so I, I don't know. I'm not. I don't have the answers. Uh, yeah, and I. But why? How does all of this affect our faith in Jesus Christ? I mean, that's what we should really be asking ourselves. What can I do? What do I need to change? What What do I need to work at more to obtain this faith of power that we all need to? strengthen our relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, one thing, I know it needs to be intentional. 
I know that it can't be just a Google search. I know that it can't be just, oh, I had a thought or a feeling. Let's explore it for a minute so I can get distracted by another thought or a feeling. Okay, so Scott, that takes great mental exertion. And it has to be planned out. That takes great mental exertion. And it has to be executed. That takes great mental exertion. And it has to be prayed about. So that's the mental exertion. Uh, That's right. That we're talking about. Yeah. That the lectures on faith was talking about. Yeah, yeah. It takes great mental exertion yeah. to ponder the things of God, to meditate upon the things of God, to choose, to to learn of Him. To, I mean, that takes great mental exertion. The right. study that President Nelson was talking about is great mental exertion. To meditate, I can't. Have you ever really tried to meditate for fifteen minutes? Yeah, Scott? I have tried. I have tried. It, this is one of those things, Dave, that, you know, in uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous and other uh, recovery programs, you know, sought through prayer and meditation to main our conscious contact with God. That's step 11. Oh, really? Yeah. Sought through prayer and meditation. meditation. And, you know, meditation wow. can be defined in, in a myriad of different ways. There's no question. But, yeah, I have. I remember actually sitting when I was, I wasn't that, uh, I wasn't that new, but I wasn't that seasoned either in recovery you know I had maybe four or five years and I, I go to a men's retreat in Lava Hot Springs and one of the things that we were doing there was uh, it was on a step 11 and we were to try and do a meditation and this meditation was going to last five minutes it was a five minute meditation um, actually 10 minutes the first five minutes of it was a guided meditation and then after that we were just left to uh, mm. to meditate clear our minds go to you know all of that stuff and I remember about uh, the guided meditation. I could do that. It was uncomfortable, but I could do that. And then once we got into the other part of the meditation, it felt like an hour to me. And finally, I looked at my watch. We had only been going for two and a half minutes. <laughs> I know. It's work. It's work. I can do better with it today. And I do make that as part of my spiritual practice uh, or my, my way to, uh, you know, uh, invite Heavenly Father Spirit. I, I'm a, lo- a lot better at it today. But that's not something that comes easy. It takes a great deal of work even to, you know, consecrate our meditation, consecrate our prayers even sometimes. Yeah. I, I uh, know President Hinckley years ago, back in the 1990s, I picked up on this when he said we need to meditate more. Yeah. And I began then to try to, to do that in the mornings and in the evenings as I would begin my day or I'd wind down my day. I would try to meditate upon the, the word of the Lord, really. It wasn't just to clear my mind. I'm, I, I wasn't so much into that form of meditation. I was more into the meditation of meditating upon kind of the things of God, yeah. how I've seen his hand, uh, how I can uh, strengthen my my faith or my relationship with him so i but that requires all of that requires great mental exertion yeah it does and requires a firm mind and through that mental exertion our minds will become firm i think a a final maybe just aspect of obtaining great faith scott is we we talked a little bit about this i use this term this is another one of my favorite terms in the book of mormon that is unique to the book of mormon is the uh, the term the eye of faith. Uh, Alma used it first, I think, in Alma chapter 5, verse, verse 15. I have it right here. He said, Do ye exercise faith in the redemption of him who created you? Do you look forward with an eye of faith 
and view this mortal body raised in immortality and this corruption raised in incorruption to stand before God to be judged according to the deeds which have been done in the mortal body? Speaking of questions, there's 42 questions in this yeah. chapter, Alma 44, all inspired. It's like a interview by a prophet. If you want to ever feel interviewed by a prophet, go read and meditate on Alma chapter 5. But he's he's the first to use this term, uh, eye of faith, Moroni uses it later in the book of Ether, chapter 12, on his great lecture on faith. But do ye exercise faith in the redemption of whom do you look forward with an eye of faith and view? You see, great mental exertion and the eye of faith, Scott, is actually the ability to see something happen before it happens. That's the eye of faith. And I, I think it's an amazing um, gift, really, that does come from God to be able to see things as God sees them or to see things before they are created or before they occur is really a gift of God. And this is really the faith of power. This is God's faith. God sees his creations. He plans them, blueprints them, then he sees them and carries them out according to his faith. No one has a greater eye of faith than God, and that's the faith that we should all be seeking to obtain. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, speaking of Abraham and the, and the great patriarchs and the ancients in describing their great faith, uh, Paul writes, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen but having seen them far off having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them haven't received them but they've seen them they're persuaded by them and embrace them and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth scott that's amazing faith they these all died in faith not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them. Uh, and of course, some of those promises would be the promise of eternal life and exaltation. But they saw it. With an eye of faith, they saw it. They were persuaded by it. It, it influenced their life, their daily life, moment by moment. And they embraced it. Even before they received it, they embraced it. This is great faith. And to, to have that kind of faith, you have to have that eye of faith, which requires great mental exertion. How about, how about in 1 Nephi chapter 5, Scott? you want to read these two verses? In 1 Nephi chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, I think we have an amazing little example of here. Uh, of uh, Lehi and his faith and how <laughs> Sarah accused him of being a visionary man, you know, and he says, yeah, you're right, I, I am, I am a visionary man. This is a great principle for husband here, great principle for husbands to know that they should just agree with their wives. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> even, even, if they're, even if their wives are mocking them, yeah, they, yeah, should, yeah. they should probably just agree with them. <laughs> 
And it came to pass that my father spake unto her, saying, I know that I am a visionary man. For if I had not seen the things of God in a vision, I should not have known the goodness of God, but had tarried in Jerusalem and had perished with my brethren. But behold, I have obtained a land of promise. No, wait. He's in the wilderness when yep. he says this, Scott. That's right. He has He's not, barely out of Jerusalem. That they, the ship's not even built. The ship's not even This is chapter 5. There's not a Leahona yet. There's no Leahona. There's no... Yeah, but he says, I've already, I've, I've already obtained it. I already got I've it. I've seen it. I got this. Yeah. I have obtained a land of promise in the which things I do rejoice. Yea, and I know that the Lord will deliver my sons out of the hands of Laban and bring them down again unto us in the wilderness. Hmm. So this is another great example of the faith of prophets. They see it. They see it. You know, you ask the brother, when's the second coming going to take place? Well, to them, it's already as if maybe it has taken place. They've seen it. They've obtained it. They've embraced it. They're persuaded by it moment by moment. They live for it. They know it's going to happen. It's, I, I just, Scott, I wish that we, me, you, all of us could, could have that kind of faith where we could see it. Now think about how this relates to repentance and forgiveness. And as we move into repentance in our next podcast, I just really invite our listeners who are struggling with their mountains of addiction and sin or challenges or problems and adversity and trials in their life to be able with an eye of faith to see them receiving forgiveness to hear not maybe just not only see but to hear the voice of the lord say well done thou good and faithful servant enter into the rest of my lord you know if we could see it if we could hear it with an eye of faith, an ear of faith. Uh, wow. It would take so much uh, so much pressure off us. And it would, again, this requires great mental exertion. It, it requires great study. It requires meditation. It, it requires, actually, Scott, and I know this word gets often a bad rap. It takes great imagination. I think imagination is an inspiring word. I think it's a godly word. To be able to have things that you that you can imagine that you can see. There wasn't there. A, well, there was a uh, a song about that, wasn't there? There was a Christian movie and song about that. Um, I, if I if I can only imagine or something. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> you don't. Do you know uh, what I'm talking about? I, yeah, exactly. There, in fact, there was a there was a movie made about. Yeah, it. Yeah, there was a whole movie made about uh, it. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah, uh, you know there there is power in imagination. Yeah, the prophets are they have this power, which is akin to not exactly the same as, but akin to, uh, being visionary, and they see it. I know they see it. Some ask if if the apostles and prophets have seen Jesus, and my answer to that says, well, I don't know if they've had a personal manifestation, but I know they've seen him. They have an eye of faith. Yeah, they have seen him. Uh, I I think that all of us can see him, if we would, with an eye of faith, do what he's asked us to do, 
Look unto me in every thought. Doubt yeah. not. Fear not. Behold the wounds. Behold the prince. Yeah. I mean, he invites us to look and to see with an eye of faith. I'm going to uh, post a, uh, a, a YouTube video uh, of that song, I Can Only Imagine. I just found the lyrics, just looked them up. I'm just going to read the first verse and the uh, chorus, but to just kind of give you an idea. Uh, it, this is by Mercy Me, actually. Uh, and this this story was written, uh, it, it's a kind of a true story about a young man who grew up in a very abusive household. His mom left him. His dad was extremely abusive physically and everything. If you watch the movie, I don't know how accurate it is, but it gives you a kind of a feel. Here's the song that he wrote. Uh, he, he had been in a rock band, you know, following and uh, uh, down the wrong path and was bringing more you know, turmoil into his own life. And somehow he uh, was able to re- receive a portion of Christ in his life. And, and by, when he did that, these are the lyrics of the song he wrote. He says, I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes would see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. And, and each and one there's of, power in that. And uh, each one of these verses is just like that. I'm not going to take the time to go through them all, but I, I love the chorus. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart fill? Will I dance with you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? I get emotional when I, I, when I consider these lyrics. Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah, or will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. <laughs> That's bad. It's powerful. There is a power of imagination and a power of vision when we have the eye of faith, Scott. And it's sacred. It's really sacred. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Just maybe a few final verses. I I love how Alma, you know, in Alma chapter 32, when he's talking about the seed, and he's talking about how this seed, if we'll plant it, it will begin to swell, and it'll begin to enlighten, and and all of those things, and it begins to grow, right? Yeah, and of and course we know the seed to be the Word of God. and it, Right, the seed's the Word of God, which is study, great work, the Word. We plant the Word, and it begins to grow by faith, and it grows up to become this, this great tree. And Alma says in Alma chapter 32, And thus, if we will not nourish the Word, looking forward... With the eye of faith to the fruit thereof, which is Jesus Christ, we can never pluck of the fruit of the tree of life. Now, he's referring back to Lehi's dream, no doubt. He knows Lehi's dream. That's in the record. And Alma's referring back to that. Read that verse again. It's in verse 40. Alma 32 And thus, if I will not nourish the word, looking forward with an eye of faith to the fruit thereof, you can never pluck of the fruit of the tree of life. And verse 41. For if you will nourish the word, yea, nourish the tree as it beginneth to grow, by your faith with great diligence, and with patience looking forward to the fruit thereof. That is the key. Looking forward to the fruit thereof. Faith is never looking backward. Always Faith is forward. always looking forward. That's Elder Holland in a devotional he gave called Lot's Wife many years ago. Faith is always looking forward to the fruit thereof. It shall take root, and behold, it shall be a tree springing up unto everlasting life. There you go. And the final scripture that maybe we'll end with today, 
on this idea of an eye of faith is Ether 12. Ether 12, verses 19, Moroni giving his great commentary on how the brother of, uh, uh, how Ether, the, the prophet Ether, was trying to see things, and Moroni goes off on this great commentary on faith. Verse 19, it says, And there were many whose faith was so exceedingly strong, even before Christ came, who could not be kept from within, from within the veil. But they truly saw with their eyes the things which they had beheld with an eye of faith. And they were glad. <laughs> oh, I love that verse. How I love that verse. And they were glad. They, they, Scott, uh, thousands of years before Jesus was ever born for these saints, but they saw him. They saw Jesus, and they were glad. They were glad. Thousands okay. of years before he ever ca- carried out the atonement, they were using the atonement of Jesus Christ and repenting and receiving their salvation and participating in all the blessings of redemption, even before he came, because they had an eye of faith. Yeah. And thus it is for us today, looking forward to his second coming, Scott, when he comes in glory, and he appears to Adam on Diamond. I'll be there soon. I'm going to be there in the next few weeks. Adam on Diamond and some of these places where he will come again, where a new Jerusalem will be. I've, I've seen that with an eye of faith. I have seen where I'm going to sit in the valley of Adam on Diamond with my family. I've tried to envision all of that. And it, it is powerful. In, it's a powerful thing in my life, Scott to see the Savior uh, in the valley of Adamondaomen and receive the keys from all of the prophets and all the dispensations back to Adam and Adam to Jesus Christ. That I have seen that with an eye of faith. I know that's going to happen. I don't know when, but it doesn't matter to me because I've already seen it. When we think of forgiveness and repentance, I, d- I don't know if he's forgiven me, but I know he will. I, I don't know that I'll ever be completely free from sin in this life, but I know I will because of Jesus Christ and because of the faith that I have in him, that I have in his name, that I have obtained as a gift from the Holy Spirit because of work and mental exertion and an eye of faith, having a firm mind and hopefully a soft heart. I wonder how each of our lives would be different if we could adopt this as part of our lives and to really invite the Spirit into our lives to administer this part of the atonement of Jesus Christ to us. Uh, I I know that uh, my life as I do this and gets enhanced and I draw closer to Him, and as I do that, I have a stronger spiritual confidence, if you will, uh, and humility at the same time. And I'm just grateful for that. I'm grateful for these principles that we talk about, David. Thanks for being with us today. These uh, things that we talk about are of utmost importance. Uh, We invite you to pray about them, to consider them, and to maybe um, this week, based on the things that we've talked about, 
maybe even consider a plan of how it is that we can develop the faith uh, that we've talked about, the faith of power in our own lives. I'll uh, go ahead and attach again that talk from President Nelson. I invite you, we'd invite you to go in there and consider those five steps to developing that faith and uh, maybe taking a personal inventory on where and how those things could be better implemented into our lives. Thanks for being with us, everybody. Please remember that you have been redeemed through his blood.